Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Daniel Mangana and David Strickle. This is your daily dose of happy. We're so happy you decided to join us today. And of course, those of you who are tuning in for the first time to uh, watch us on local cable access, you may have seen Daniel before because uh, we've done some shows with him. David may be new to you. Actually, on uh, the, the local cable access, he is new to our regular uh, podcast listeners. He's not new at all. But uh, David uh, brings a, a different angle to the whole topic of the law of attraction in that he is able to channel, that's right, to channel information from what we call source energy, what uh, most people would call the non-physical or spirituality or the other side or, or however you want to frame it. Um, now, I want to emphasize that this may sound a little bit strange to some people. It may sound a little bit uncomfortable to talk about something like that. And this is a, a this is a, a point we touched on yesterday when Louis D'Souza and I were talking about Abraham Hicks. It's the same kind of idea. Once again, if the idea of channeling is a little bit uncomfortable for you, you know, put that bit aside because what's really interesting is the information that comes out of David's mouth when he's connected in this way. Um, but we'll we'll try to take it one step at a time and keep it really human and really simple and really easy. So, David, good to see you once again. How are you doing? How's everything uh, down in uh, southern sunny Southern California? It's sunny and beautiful in Southern California, and finally not as hot as it's been for the last several months. It's finally yeah. under 100 degrees uh, every day. We were talking about that before the show, how uh, it had gotten down to the 80s and, and it seemed cold, which, of course, to us in New England sounds laughable, but it's totally understandable when, yeah, when the temperatures change that much. When it gets into the 80s here, and even my dog this morning, <laughs> I have a full dog named Lola, and she was shivering. It was it was lower than it was. This was first thing this morning. It was probably 68, 69 degrees. She was shivering at the door to be let in right as soon as she went outside. So it was kind yeah, of... when your body is acclimated to the warmer temperature, that's what's going to happen. It's true. Yeah, yeah. But uh, tell people who are listening in more about what it is that you do as uh, somebody who channels. What is channeling? What does that mean exactly? Because it sounds, it, it, you know, it, it sounds a little bit weird. It sounds a little bit spooky, almost like it's devil work or something like that. So let's yeah. just take, take some of this thing <laughs> out of this. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, everyone has different belief systems around what is beyond physical. And there are people who believe in deities. There are people who believe in source and, and, and more what you would call spirituality. And there are people that believe there's nothing beyond physical. The best way I can describe what's beyond physical, the way I comprehend it and perceive it, is that beyond physical is, is consciousness. It's intelligence. And... Everything that humanity has created around that intelligence helps us better understand what that intelligence is and what that intelligence is offering to us. But most of the things that we encounter are human creation or the humanization of the energetic realm. One thing that the intelligence that I share does say is that there's no, we're, we get very caught up in right and wrong, mm. right up and down, right and wrong. We're in a polarized environment, obviously on, on every topic. But there's no wrong in any of that. There's no wrong in, in a, a created deity around that consciousness. It really is just whatever somebody has named it and labeled it. And then that idea has taken off in different sects of humanity. And we've built a set of beliefs around it. So I'm not here to say that there's anything right or wrong about anyone's religion or beliefs or lack thereof. We're all here on our own independent journeys. We all have some sort of a version of this coming to us. 
because it's the thing that powers us. And we all have an, I, I do see that we all have some sort of a, a, a connection that we believe is beyond just our physical being. And maybe that's just our ego hoping that it's so. And none of us really, 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 really know that, right? But I know that when I channel, when I allow these thoughts to flow through me in a way that's a lot like this communication right now, there are things that come through me that are well beyond my intellect. I can comprehend them or I can't share them, but they're certainly not coming from me. And I know that and people that really get into the teachings become aware of that very quickly. They, they see the contrast between me and, and that, what I, that which I channel. The important thing is, is that the information that they share and the guidance that they share, I refer to it as a they, helps people change their lives, helps people improve their lives. And that is proven. That works. We have testimonial after testimonial after testimonial of people who have transformed their lives, everything from miraculous healing, from terminal illness, to getting out of abusive relationships, to manifesting money in businesses. Uh, somebody just posted in my group uh, right before I came on, uh, she was a graduate of my boot camp program, and she just manifested her dream job. And she thought she was going to be unemployed because of COVID long term. And she's, you know, just saying that she's now got this, this dream job that um, she's attributing to her work in the tire program. So, so I, I have always had this, this thing about me that is a little different than most people seem to have. And it's what, when I was a little kid, I, I, in the early years, of course, I thought everybody had this knowledge that would sort of drop into their mind that would sometimes contradict what their teachers and Sunday school teachers and parents were telling them. And over time, I, I referred to it as a, like my knowing. And I learned to trust my knowing more than my teachers and my Sunday school teacher and my, my parents, uh, which ended up being a good thing because my parents were very detached from my childhood. My father left when I was six. My mother sort of resigned her parenting at that point and retreated to her bedroom for the rest of her life. And I was really left to raise myself. I guess. Yeah. Well, and that ended up being a really good thing because I had to depend on my knowing to get through life. And I didn't go through childhood the way you're supposed to go through childhood. I was a terrible student. Uh, I was dyslexic. I didn't do well in school. I got kicked out of Sunday school because I questioned too much. <laughs> I did. I was asked not to return to Sunday school. Before. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. And so I had, I really was left to my own devices. And because of that, I retreated to my knowing, and I remember being very, very young, uh, experiencing somebody coming to my, my parents' house in this car, and, and those people that are older might remember when a Lincoln was a luxury car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're dating yourself there. Like considered pinnacle luxury cars. So she drove up in this, and I'll never forget it. I can visualize it to this day. It was, I, it was given the timeline, it was probably a Lincoln Mark III, Mark IV. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, early seventies. And I remember her driving up it was all silver and it had all these buttons inside, all these shiny buttons everywhere. And it had a sunroof. I'd never seen that in a car before. We were very lower middle class. My father was a, a, a assistant coach at a junior high and my mother wasn't working. And I think she became a secretary at some point uh, shortly after that. So we were on the, the lower scale financially. And this woman comes up in this car and I remember being so impressed by it. And I've been a car fanatic ever since then, actually. And she drove away. And as she drove away, my parents started really kind of bad-mouthing her. 
sort of a, what did she do to get that? And she doesn't deserve that. And we'll never have that. And you'll never have that. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, that's not true. I don't think that at all. Ooh. I can have anything that I want. I remember thinking that my father left when I was six and this was prior to that. So I was five, four or five, maybe six years old when this happened. And I do recall that very vividly. And then the next thing that I really remember was uh, ahead of that when I was 14, telling my older brother, Doug, that I know that everyone around us has money and we don't because my parents divorced. My mother was minimum wage. Uh, we lived in a roach infested two bedroom apartment. We did not have anything, you know, we, we rationed food in our household and my father married someone with money. So my half sister and my father and my stepmother lived in this beautiful house with marble florals, floors, a spiral staircase and a pool. And they had everything. My sister had her own master suite. Wow. Uh, that she, you know, my brother and I shared twin beds in this tiny little bedroom, go to their house. My sister had her own master suite upstairs and they had another master suite downstairs that she, and she had her own kitchen upstairs. Even that's how lavish her life was. My father didn't really see us as the same. We were the stepchildren in his life and she was his child. So we had to reconcile that because our cousins lived that way too. Everyone around us lived upper middle-class lifestyles. Their parents owned businesses, big houses, big cars, all that. And we didn't. So it really made it difficult. So I remember telling my brother when I was 14 that we can have all that stuff. Now we don't have to wait. We don't have to go through college and find careers and do all these things. We can have all the things that we want right now. If we just believe that they're already ours. I don't know what that was. I didn't, I never heard of the law of attraction. I just knew that he thought I was nuts and he went on to do the things that you're supposed to do in life. And he's doing just fine now, but I started manifesting things in high school. I had, uh, I drove a brand new Ford Thunderbird in high school with everything. I had sunroof, all the buttons, you know, just like the Lincoln had. Uh, I wore uh, Ralph Lauren, which is back in the late eighties, you know, I was kind of preppy. Was the designer. Yeah. Uh, polo, polo was the thing to wear back then. And, um, you know, I had a nice watch. I ran around with the richest kids in town. I always seemed to have the money to do the things that they were doing. And everyone thought I was one of the rich kids at town, but I wasn't. I went home every night to the two bedroom roach infested apartment with my brand new car sitting out front. <laughs> what an image. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, really an interesting way to live. And I wasn't a good student. And by the time uh, my class was graduating, I didn't have the credits to graduate. I had made it all to the 10th grade level. I really partied a lot in high school. I'd go to happy hour every day, cut a class and. I was more or less an alcoholic in high school wow. and I had a lot of fun, but I didn't do well in school at all. So I didn't graduate on time. I went and got my GED. Uh, I was working uh, a job at, the, at this point. I met a real estate agent and she and I started talking about developing townhouses in our, in this little uh, town of 15,000 people in North Louisiana. And I said, I'm going to do that. So I became a real estate developer with no money at 19, <laughs> you know, 10th grade education. And I did. I went and uh, approached a landowner and the landowner, uh, had, he had inherited this dairy farm from his father. Uh, he had been a professor at Oxford. His son, my age, was at Harvard. Uh, he had no interest really in being there, but it was a family business and they had all this land to do something with. So I went to him and said, hey, let's make a, let's do a real estate development with all this property that you've got. And he was crazy enough to listen to an uneducated 19-year-old, even though his son was at Harvard. And there was something that he really liked about me. And so we gathered the bankers, attorneys, civil engineers, all of the components that we needed to, um, to, to build this real estate development. And I'll never forget, we went to the, before the city planning commission. Again, this is a tiny town. 
where everybody knows everybody else, but they, uh, they asked us questions for the zoning of all this dairy land and he couldn't handle, he was a, had been a professor at Oxford and for whatever reason, he, he was too awkward to get up and speak. It was really odd because, you know, as a professor, obviously he's used to speaking. I'm sorry. He would have been speaking every day. Yeah. I don't know what it was. He, he was fumbling and I just took over and, and answered the question in a satisfactory way that got the zoning approval that we needed. And that was just one of my first recollections of, you know, what am I doing? <laughs> Why, yeah. <laughs> but they did and it worked. I didn't make millions of dollars off of that, but I learned about business. I learned a lot of things. We got a lot of it done, not all of it done. Uh, and that's kind of how my adult life started. And, and I manifested opportunities like that. I manifested money and a lot of material things in my life up until about age 40, 41, when I realized that, wait a minute, money and material things alone are not making me happy. Mm-hmm. So it took me 40 years to understand that I knew law of attraction so well. And from my poverty mindset childhood, I thought flow of money and material things was the answer to everything. Sure, I hadn't yeah. really explored what we call spirituality at all. I had considered myself an atheist uh, in my 20s, but I always knew that this knowing was beyond me and there had to be something more out there than just we're born and we die and that's it. And there's nothing else to us. And there's just too many coincidences, the, the power of positive thinking, the power of love. I needed to explain all those things to myself. And so I did more or less go inward in my 30s, and I started seeing some psychics. I started doing some things uh, that were sort of outside the norm, but I, I kept all that hidden because by that time I was working in a corporate job. I'd gotten promoted really fast. I was making a lot of money, uh, and I was in a situation where I couldn't be outwardly spiritual and teach and do the things that I do now in that, in that career field. So I was exploring what's out there and I learned to go inward more than go outward with it. So I was told uh, by a psychic that I was a channel. Uh, I thought that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. I didn't want any part of channeling. I uh, did a little bit of research. There was not even YouTube yet at this time. Somehow I saw, I, I did stumble upon a book, a Seth book, uh, and there was a, um, a video that I saw somewhere about channeling that I dug up somehow. Um, we had the internet. I don't think it was YouTube at that time though. Um, and it was, of oh gosh, I forget her name that channeled Seth. Um, Jane Roberts. Thank you. Jane Roberts, Jane Roberts channeling Seth. And it really freaked me out. It was this really forced, really, you know, I thought she was being possessed and I thought, well, that's not what I'm getting. That's, you know, my knowing is not that it's something different. And so it scared me so much that I turned myself off to it and didn't listen to it. Well, the psychic had told me to listen to Abraham. And I know you talk about Abraham a lot on here. Mm -hmm. And she pulls out this big plastic binder. And I remember it was purple. And the front of it said something like the teachings of Abraham. And it was actually a box set of cassette tapes. Oh, my. (laughs) Yeah, this was like cassette tapes were already done at this point. So it was a little bit old. But it said Abraham. And I remember looking at that thinking, Bible. That sounds like the Old Testament of the Bible. Yes. I was part of that. I was raised in religion. I don't want any part of anything biblical. I've already read all of that. I studied all that. I already got kicked out of Sunday school. You know, I'm done with all that stuff. So I didn't want anything to do with Abraham until years later. I was living in Seattle, Washington. I think I've told the story in here before, but I'll tell you again. I was living in Seattle, Washington. By this time, the book The Secret had come out. 
Right. So the idea of I knew it, I knew what part of my knowing was at that point, and we have a name for it. It's called law of attraction. I knew that I had intentionally manifested money and lots of material things in my life. I was living a very lavish lifestyle. I was earning a mid six figure income, living in a forty two hundred square foot house, driving a Mercedes. We also had a Porsche, uh, beautiful furnishings, custom made suits, Gucci loafers, all of it, all the stuff that you're supposed to have to be happy, right? So this is all happening around the same time where I'm really realizing that, wow, I'm not happy. This was also in the middle of the recession. Mm -hmm. And I'm teaching this stuff in my business, but I couldn't call it law of attraction because that would be likened to religion and that would get me in trouble with HR. But I did a lot of sales training and I wove positive thinking and law of attraction into my sales training. And I had some of the most successful salespeople in the history of the company that worked for me and ran through them some of the most successful uh, areas. So I'm doing a training class in Seattle, Washington. I just moved there from Florida. I was driving this rear drive Mercedes. I bought a house at the top of a mountain, foolishly, not okay. thinking about how the Mercedes is going to get up the hill. Or... <laughs> <clears throat> Didn't think about that. Didn't think about that. Oops. So, yeah, and it was a big problem because I was about 300 pounds at this point, very Ooh. overweight. And wow. Hiking my 300 pound body up that hill in the snow was not fun. So, <laughs> By the house at the top of the hill, driving the Mercedes, I really wanted to manifest a black Range Rover. That was my dream machine at that point. I wanted this all-wheel drive Range Rover so I could just whisk up the hill. And it specifically, I wanted a black one. I was really into black cars at that time. So I'm teaching my class one day in, in one of my locations. And after the class, this interior designer, that was my industry, she came up to me and she says, you're teaching law of attraction. You realize that, right? And I said, yeah, I know what I'm teaching, but I can't really call it that because I don't want to get in trouble. And she said, have you ever heard of Abraham? And I said, yes, I've heard of Abraham. I hearken back to that, you know, plastic biblical looking thing that was handed to me that I ignored. I said, yes, I've heard of Abraham. She says, you sound a lot like that. And I don't know where you're getting your stuff, but I think you really need to listen to this. So she comes out and I'm not joking. She comes out from her desk this very day with the box set of CDs. <laughs> Well, at least you upgraded the CDs. Well, I'm always like one technology behind with this stuff. This was during MP3 time, certainly, but she had, <laughs> I still had a CD player back then. So she hands me these CDs, and she said, you need to go home and listen to this. And I said, oh, okay, fine. I was trying to be polite. I put them on my passenger seat, drive home that day, and I'll never forget, I'm sitting in the turning lane to turn left into my neighborhood, and I come up behind my dream machine, the black Range Rover, and the personalized plate on the Range Rover said, Abraham. Oh, my Wow. I, I took that as a very solid sign from the universe that I yeah. lost pay attention to Abraham. So I went home. Uh, the CDs turned out to be, they may have been the same thing as the, the cassettes were. They are the original Abraham teachings from 1988, mm. a year after I got away from high school. So I sat all night long, stayed up all night listening to one after the other after the other. Didn't freak me out at all. Uh, Esther Hicks channels Abraham, as most people may or may not know. I don't know. Uh, and she channels Abraham in such a way that it's very comfortable and easy to listen to. It's not this, and I understand now why Jane Roberts channeled the way that she did, and I understand why Esther has developed <clears throat> a way of channeling where the Abraham message is shared very comfortably, and that inspired me eventually to channel my own version of that. So I got into the Abraham teachings um, I started changing my life with those teachings. I started meditating. I had a Kundalini awakening, 
That's a whole other show that we can talk about mm. uh, where you meditate and you have this energy awakened within your body and your whole life changes forever after that. Uh, the only thing I can say about a Kundalini awakening is I didn't know what it was, nor was I looking for it when I had one. Oh, that must be a little bit of a shock then. <clears throat> yes, it was a shock. I had no idea what that was and I mm. wasn't looking for it. I, I tell people today, don't go looking for that because I wasn't looking for it. Yeah. I had it my whole life changed after it. But you can change your life whether you have this miraculous awakening or not. It's it's not something that I think people should necessarily look for or try. I don't know how you would try to do that. So I did med- I started meditating. I very quickly had this Kundalini awakening. I really came to understand what my knowing was through the Abraham teachings. And then I got to the point where I had changed every other aspect of my life over about a 10-year period from 40, 41 to my late 40s, really, maybe an eight-year period, I had gotten out of the bad relationship that I was in. I'd gotten out of the corporate job that I was in, that even though it made, I paid a lot of money, I didn't enjoy it anymore. I lost 100 pounds. Uh, I was I was having chronic back pain. I got rid of that without surgery, even though I was told I had to have surgery to, to alleviate the pain. Uh, I was on painkillers. In fact, I was addicted to Oxycontin. I got off of that. Wow. So I changed all of these things over this period with the combination of the Abraham teachings and my own knowing. Mm -hmm. And for me, there were some things that frustrated me with Abraham stuff for me. Mm -hmm. So I sort of laid off the Abraham teachings and went more inward to my own internal guidance, if you will. And through that internal guidance, I sort of connected the dots to change everything else. So it's sort of like that was the springboard for me to discover my own practice And then ultimately I got to a point where I was so impressed with what I was able to do for myself, just sharing it in a business setting wasn't enough anymore. I just, I had to share it. I never in a million years thought I would be on a podcast channeling. I never in a million years thought I would write a book other than maybe a novel. I kind of dreamed about writing a novel at one point. I never thought I would be doing this five years ago. If you asked me if I would be doing this, I would say that's insane. I'm a corporate guy. I'm going to be a corporate guy. This is my life. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those weird channeling people. <laughs> I could care less. Now. I, I could. I could care less. If somebody's not into it, just like you said, if you're not into it, if it's not your thing, then it's not for you. Move on to something else. Uh, I don't need to prove it to anybody. Uh, either you're into it or you're not. If you're into it, there are tools here for you that will help you change your life. If you're not into it, then you're not into it. It's fine. Yeah. So I started a podcast. I wrote a book. I uh, quit my job. Uh, ended up creating a coaching program. Uh, in the beginning, it was really to to sell my book. You know, when you when you write a book, you start hearing from all these different sources of how you build your platform, <clears throat> get your book published, and how you ultimately make a living. And a lot of people, you know, sort of do the same things. But the interesting thing is, is that when I started doing my course and started teaching people these tools, I realized that I wasn't just teaching a course; I was teaching a way of life. And that's where the TIA, T-Y-A, practice was born. And TIA stands for Trust Your Abundance. And, and I realized that if you're new to law of attraction or if you've been uh, applying law of attraction intentionally, I hate to say using law of attraction because it's like saying using gravity. <laughs> I'm going to use gravity today to stick to the ground. You know? Oh, you've been addicted to gravity anyway. <laughs> gravity, big time. So what I understand about law of attraction is that it is the creator of everything in our lives, good and bad. And we're not going to use or not use the law of attraction as much 
is we can become more intentional in what we're attracting. And that's where your life starts to change. And that's the real value of it. That's a great summary. Thank you for telling and sharing that story. In fact, you shared some things there I hadn't heard before. So that was really cool. I like that. Um, Daniel, I want to go to you because you're the one who brought David to me. You brought some, some really cool guests onto the show. And David's definitely one of the coolest ones. I was just a conduit to your manifestation, Walt, and I, I merely get to witness and enjoy it. That's all. You're cool well, yeah, you do get to witness and enjoy it. And I love that. That's, that's fabulous. But I got to ask you, what was your first impression when you first ran into David? When you first interacted with him, what did you think about it? I was really happy. So, um, I was never into the, the channeling stuff. Not really. A lot of my friends are into the Abraham. You guys like to talk about it. I'm a bit, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, Rampage. Yay. Because <laughs> the, the honest thing, the honest truth of my experience, and again, this isn't a generalization, my honest experience is that I have a lot of happy people that aren't really happy that I see that are into I am descended from the star seed of Jungle Watt in the Sirius star system or whatever. So I actually then... Um, got into the work of another channel that actually did knock me off my feet, which is interesting because um, some friends of mine have been talking about this chat for like a year. I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Great, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> you, know? you don't want to you don't want to sort of poo on someone's yeah, something sure. someone's up, up about. And then uh, three people in one day from who are completely unrelated said, you've got to read this book. So I read the book and it, I literally could feel the energy coming out of the pages of the book. Wow. So I said, oh, okay. I, I guess I called that one wrong, didn't I? Yeah. And then we went to go and see him in person and then went to one of his events and I was like, okay, so this channeling stuff's legit. Cool. I'm into it. Then when I heard David, I found David to be this really beautiful middle ground between off the charts, let's eat fairy cakes and hope everything's all right to the kind of more hardcore like read a book and get knocked over from the energy and it's in the middle where it's like every time i'd tune in i'm not really much of a social media consumer but anytime i pop on and i just happen to catch david doing one of his lives it's just what i needed to hear that day mm-hmm. or just when i'm going through something i might hear from him or we'd have a conversation on a day when I'd be dealing with something and he just had this nugget of wisdom that was just aligned with just what I needed to hear. Then I read the book. I thought, this is a real human who's had a real experience, doesn't pretend to be some sacred magical stone from the middle of the earth or whatever. You know, it's just a real guy who didn't ask to be some magical channel of wisdom, just opened up and just gives really, really real words of wisdom, words of encouragement, words of upliftment. Um, and I get up-leveled every time I experience an interaction with the stream, whether it's watching a recording, listening to the podcast. And of course, I came to love David as a human because he's just a really, really cool cat. Um, and that's really where the, where the journey came. That's cool. And thank you very much for in- introducing him to our audience too, because I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know David uh-huh. and getting to know the stream. And now that you've 
mentioned the words the stream, and now that I've mentioned them, I think it's about time we explain them to our cable listeners because they're saying, what are you talking about with the stream? Well, that's what he calls it. <laughs> People who channel tend to have a way of naming the source that they're, they're getting their information from. David calls his the stream of David, and which makes sense because David is receiving this stream of information. So, you know, it kind of adds up when you think about it. Um, but when you listen to the stream of David, if you've never listened to a channeler before, you're going to think that, well, it's just David talking to me. And that's cool. That's just a good way to think about it. If you've heard an Abraham Hicks or somebody else who channels, you'll recognize there are similarities there as well. But the thing that I would recommend if you have some uh, experience listening to channels before, listen to David as the stream and specifically what the stream is saying because it's a very specific take. I like the way you said it, Daniel, that it's very real. He is a real guy. It's not just in the story that he just told, which is a great story. It's in the way... When he's channeling the stream, the information just comes right through so clearly. And, and, and it's almost like, well, I can't argue with that. That's perfect. You know, why would I want to even change a word of it? That's what it's like to hear it. So without further ado, I think it's probably better if we just share with our new viewers on uh, cable access, as well as our listeners on the podcast who already know about him, uh, what the stream is like. So David, why don't you make your connection to the stream while you're doing that? I'm going to. Uh, remind people who are new listeners or existing listeners to download the LOA Today app. It is a wonderful way to get all the episodes right to your smartphone whenever you're ready for them. It's it's uh, available for both iPhones and for Android phones. Um, you can basically download it by just going to the App Store on the uh, on the iPhones and to the Play Store on Androids and look for LOA Today, and it just pops right up there. And among other things with the app, you also get what we call a goodies section, which include a lot of uh, stuff that our other co-hosts, including Daniel and David, have donated to the app. Um, Daniel donated two pieces. He donated an ebook called The Money Game, which I highly recommend. It's a wonderful way to learn how to manifest money in your life and how to believe that you really can manifest money in your life. And the other one is an audiobook version of his uh, published book, uh, Beyond Intention, uh, actually, what, what what was the full name of the of the book? Actually, no. It's I gave the audio program that's pulled from the book, but it's not the audio book. It's an, an audio okay, book. so it's pulled from the book. It's, it's like a it's a sort of a an edited. Down it's a companion. Not even that. It's so stepping beyond intention goes into the model, how it works, stepping beyond stuff, blah blah blah. But the right. program, beyond intention introductions, just goes through over about nine audios exactly how you can start applying your intention right away. Right, right, okay. So good, thank you for clarifying that. That's good. But it's definitely worth uh, downloading that app. It's free, all the materials on it are free. And for those of you who already have it, keep sharing because we want more and more people to have that good free stuff. So, okay, let's see if uh, David's been able to make this connection. He usually takes a minute or so and looks like from the look on his face that he has. So are we talking to the stream now? We are here. We are talking to the stream. So stream, welcome once again to the program. You've been doing this program with us now for a few months. Um, and as we mentioned to David earlier, we're now also including a cable audience that uh, is not familiar with this stuff yet. They're becoming familiar by watching this program. So I, I just give you that heads up. Um, I don't know if that even affects the way that you give your answers, but hey, you know, it's always, help, always helpful to have new information. Uh, and the, the first question we have comes from a listener who has previously asked questions and, and got some help, and you'll actually be able to tell that from what he wrote. This is from Jim, and Jim wrote, thank you for answering my question about my wife's illness. 
Uh, he says, my question came from the belief that we create our own reality and nothing can exist in our reality unless we are a vibrational match to it. So basic law of attraction theory. The answer I got from the stream led me to change that belief. Things can exist in our reality that are not, that we are not a vibrational match to, but they can exist as paths set out by our soul consciousness inner being as part of our contrasting journey. And we should find a way to make peace with it and appreciate it for what we will gain from the obstacles. This new realization has removed some resistances for me. For as I was sort of in the new age hell of beating myself up for what I've manifested. Now I will do my best to relax more about my life journey, even though it, even if my wife cannot relax about her journey, although that probably won't go over very well in our relationship, he says. Now he's looking for any advice on how to navigate a relationship where one person is trying to relax and appreciate difficulties, and the other person is kind of in victim mode and blaming other people for not doing enough. This is the next obstacle he's trying to overcome, and he'd like some help. So what can you tell us to Jim? The more you understand and appreciate the nature of vibrational flow, understand that you are never going to outrun vibrational flow in a physical environment. All physical environments are impacted by what we have labeled polarity. And polarity creates an ongoing vibrational flow for all of you. This is why you have a range of moods and emotions and a range of experiences in your lives. And you, you may not realize from your human perspective, your ego perspective, that you choose to come to a physical environment specifically for that when you find yourselves in the throes of what has been labeled contrast, what has been labeled very often unwanted things, you say to yourselves that you would have never chosen that. But understand that every choice is a vibrational match choice, not a desire choice. You are all well aware that you are manifesting some of your desires. There are, there are certainly desires that you all hold that you are not manifesting, and you are manifesting some things that you do not want. And that is part of the, the, the physical experience because the things that you do not want are the very things that strengthen you. They are the very things that create the expansion of consciousness that you come to a physical environment to create for yourselves. Flipping the, 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 the perspective uh, regarding unwanted things from that of victimhood to from that of this was thrust upon me and I, I would have never wanted this. I would have never asked for this. Why is this happening to me? To I am the creator of my own reality. All of my obstacles serve me and I manifest all of them. And knowing that you can say to yourselves that you appreciate your obstacles and, 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 and say to yourselves that you appreciate your obstacles in earnest because your obstacles were created by you as the launch pad of your next new creation. And your new creation is your expansion, is your purpose for being in physical. When you take on that perspective, you begin to zoom out. You, you, you begin to, to see your own life from a higher perspective. You begin to release judgment. Perhaps you even begin to release fear. Because when you are no longer judging your, your, your obstacles as negative, you are no longer fearing them. 
And when you are no longer fearing them, you are no longer focusing on them so much. And via the, the, the magic, if you will, of law of attraction, you will then be attracting fewer of them, which will make the ones that you do attract easier to deal with. But understand that you are not here to find a path to perfection. You, you, you were sharing regarding David earlier about his sharing of his realness and his imperfections. We, we guide all of you to understand that, that, that not one physical being on your planet is perfect. Perfection is not the goal. The, 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 the flow of, of life up and down, positive and negative from your perspective, is the purpose of life. And when you gain that level of appreciation, when you gain the ability to zoom out to that perspective regarding you, you can then transfer that perspective to another. And when you transfer that perspective to another, you understand that you have little to no power to, to, to truly impact their reaction to their flow, to their experience. And you let go of the need for that. You reach a space where you're, you're allowing others even those that are closest to you, to have the up and down flowing experience that they are manifesting for themselves with no need for them to believe as you do, with no need for them to, to, to come over to your way of thinking. Because needing another to, to follow your thought pattern is taking them off of their own unique journey that you're all here to be on. These teachings are not for every single human on your planet because not every single human on your planet is ready for this. This is an acquired taste, if you will. And when you begin learning these things and understanding how much they help you, we guide you all to take it just a bit further and, and, and help yourselves by not needing the ones that are closest to you to change in any way to conform to your new belief system that may be serving you very well, but that does not mean that they are ready for it to serve them. You've touched on a number of really uh, almost revolutionary points that I suspect uh, new listeners probably have never heard before. The idea of appreciating things that go wrong in your life. You don't hear that one very often. The idea that this may not be appropriate for everybody, that uh, some people are just not ready to hear this. <laughs> That's certainly something that you never hear you know, an expert or, or a teacher say. It's not like they come on and say, well, yes, uh, we're going to... Uh, teach you uh, how to do uh, advanced placement physics, but only those of you who really know how to do it. You, do, you don't get that. That's not what happens. So this is a very unusual teaching for most of us to experience. Um, but it's a good one, I, I think. Let's see if we can take it a, a step or two further, because I think what we really need here is to kind of refine concepts a bit. So let's go back to the concept about how um, we need to appreciate stuff that are obstacles. That, that alone... That, that's kind of going to ruffle some feathers just by hearing that because, well, why would I want to appreciate the thing that's made me miserable or maybe a list of things that's made me miserable? So talk about that a little bit more. Why is that such an important thing to do and how do we go about doing it? It is important to do if you are ready to be more intentional in the outcome of your life. The, the ongoing outcome of your life. If you are ready for that, if you are truly ready to claim your creative power, in claiming your creative power, you then also must claim responsibility for everything that you've created. The, the two go hand in hand. 
you, you cannot come to us and say that you want to begin manifesting positive things, but you do not want to take any responsibility for the things that you do not want. But when you come to understand that all of the unwanted things are your vibrational creation, very often due to your fear of them, you often refer, and we say you, we mean those of you who follow these types of teachings, to the universe as a creator. You, you say the universe is sending you something. The universe is creating on your behalf. The, the universe is teaching you a lesson. The, the true creator is you. you. Your thoughts turn into things. In fact, look around you. Everything that you can see that you consider human creation was once a thought. Someone had an idea and it turned into a physical thing. All creation occurs this way. Consciousness dreams up a new creation and it comes to full fruition in the belief of it. You may be standing in, in a bit of confusion wanting to know how in the world you would create something unwanted, something perhaps severely unwanted, such as abuse or, or, or a premature demise or, or, or illness the, 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 or the premature demise of a, of a, of a close loved one. How, how, how do you manifest that? Well, we, we have shared with you the concept of vibrational flow this up and down vibrational flow that you're all aware of. This is why you wake up one day and you're on top of the world and the very next day you wake up, as you say, on the wrong side of the bed and everything goes wrong that day. You are in a downward vibrational flow during this time. And very often humans, from their ego perspective, which is their human perspective, label that as negative, unwanted. You don't want to be down there. You want to feel good. You want to only have good things come to you. You want all of your problems to go away. You look at the world as broken and damaged and, and, and dying. But that is not the case. Your world is thriving. Humanity is thriving. Even during your pandemic, notice that humanity, by and large, is thriving. But there are those of you who focus only on the negative. You believe that your planet is dying. You believe that pollution is going to end you. You believe the pandemic is going to be the end of humanity. This has been raging on now for months in your linear time, yet that has not come to be. Because positive always overtakes negative, always. But when you see yourselves as limited and you see yourselves as only being the human version of you, not understanding that you are all eternal beings, that you are here having a very temporary human life experience, and the judgment of that life experience in, in, in what you would call quality or length of years, all of that is, is, is human ego-created thought. We do not see you that way. We see you all as eternal beings here having a very, very temporary experience. And in having that temporary experience, there is no getting this wrong. Perhaps you've been told that what lies beyond physical is a deity that is judgmental of your behavior. Yet innately, you all know that that, 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 that is not true. Because you all think thoughts and, 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 and think of things that you are told may be bad or immoral or evil. Yet you think of them and you continue to be. We are not judging any of it. We are not judging any of the behaviors of humanity. 
because we understand that you are all here as eternal strands of, of soul consciousness, living very imperfect human experiences and not getting it wrong regardless of how you do that. You, you can be born into a very sick body and only live months, if not a handful of years, and return to what we call your completed state at a very young age. And the humans around you will judge that as being very sad. Yet notice very often the children who are in that situation are considered very enlightened, very often at peace with their experience. That is because you are witnessing a very advanced strand of consciousness coming to planet Earth to live what you would judge from a human perspective a very difficult experience. And experiencing this difficulty early on or severely is the very thing that's going to place the obstacles in your path to overcome or not and expand in the process of having that experience. And when we say expand, we, we, we are speaking of eternal expansion. But you experience expansion as a human being. We will always take you with our teachings back to your experience and your now as a human being, not to your past lives, not to your future lives. We are aware of all of it. Not to, to, to how you are in your completed state when you are not physical. We will give you enough information about that state of being so that you can take that back and make it useful in your now state because you are indeed here to experience the life that you're in. This is why your ego consciousness overshadows so much of your vast eternal knowledge. You have full awareness of all that you have been. In fact, all that you will be. Because there is no linear time in the energetic realm. But you are here experiencing physical, perceiving it, if you will, in linear time. And perceiving physical things as real and non-physical things as not. Yet you all feel things that you cannot touch. You all have emotions. You all feel love on some level. You, you, you all, on some level, understand the power of what you call positive thinking. Believing that you can do something increases your odds of doing it. And, and, and you have case studies all around you. Your coworkers, your family, your friends... Notice the ones who are positive and confident and believe in themselves tend to have a better outcome more often than the ones who are not. Notice the ones who are always focusing on how sick they are, who are constantly posting on social media about their next illness or attracting more illness. Notice the ones who, 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 who are always complaining about being surrounded by toxic people or always surrounded by toxic people. This is the law of attraction at play. And you need not experiment very hard to, to find evidence of it all around you. Where you begin to disbelieve is where, when you, you hear these words and you begin to think yacht, you begin to think Lamborghini, you begin to think empire. And when it doesn't instantaneously materialize for you, you doubt. You shut the whole thing down. It's not true. Okay. But understand that, 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 that you hold the power to manifest anything that you desire, truly, but... You hold the power to manifest anything that you desire and can bring yourselves to constantly believe because the doubt and the, the impatience and all of these negative emotions that flow through your vibrational flow are the very thing that slow and cancel the things that you want from arriving. One of the reasons we refer to the term source energy as humans is I, I, 
least those of us who are involved in, in this kind of circle where we, we talk about law of attraction, we talk about being conscious creators and so forth. Uh, the reason we refer to it as source energy is because the idea of source energy is that it is the energy that creates everything. It created worlds. It created all of existence. And we are all a part of that. That's part of the, the teaching that we are eternal beings. You refer to us as, as eternal beings. And we are of that same source. So one of the questions that came to my mind very early on when I was exposed to this stuff, long before I met the stream, was, well, if I'm source energy, why can't I feel that I'm source energy? And I would get very confused, like, well, you know, I should, if I'm source energy, I should be able to feel that. I should be able to know what it was. Now, I, I had no idea how to even go about feeling it, but it just occurred to me that, you know, why don't I get that? Why don't I understand what, what makes me source energy? Can you address that? When when you decide to enter into to a physical environment, and you all choose your physical environments vibrationally, you certainly go through these vibrational cycles where you are choosing things that are that that, that are sort of adjacent to, to 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 what you have been before, if you will. Though none of these choices are occurring in linear time, they are, however, expanding at all times, and, and, and the expansion occurs via the contrasting experiences, the new creations that you craft in physical. Everything is a creation. Your next thought is your creation. Your next emotion is your creation. Your next experience in your day is your creation. Your experience, your reaction to, to sitting in traffic is your creation. Everything is your creation. Your job, your home, your vehicle if you own one, your, 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 your spouse, your children, your relationships, all of those things are your curated bubble of reality. And you, you curate this bubble of reality via your, your conscious thoughts that actually write the programming for your subconscious thoughts. The, the, the subconscious mind is continually broadcasting. As long as you are alive, your subconscious is at play, and it's running in the background, if you will. And it's, it's sending out a signal that is creating what we refer to very often as your default vibration. The, the, the evidence of your default vibration is your life. The way you change your life is by changing your default vibration. You only change your default vibration when you rewrite the subconscious mind to broadcast something that's more in alignment with what you want. The, the, this is the, the, the process of creation for all physical beings. While you may refer to our energy, our consciousness as source, we are indeed the source of all creation. We are original thought. You, however, are the true creators. We, we are not creating. We have a bird's eye view. We are omnipresent and omniscient. We are not experiencing contrast the way that you are. We want for nothing. And, and when a consciousness in and of itself wants for nothing, there, there, there is no expansion offered. The expansion is coming from those strands of consciousness that are expressing themselves in physical overcoming obstacles, creating new things as, a, as, as an answer, if you will, to their obstacles, causing the expansion of their environment, which contributes to the expansion of all that it, that is. What you may call the universal and multiverse is continually being expanded. Your planet is continually being expanded. The expansion of your planet is a result of the collective consciousness of its inhabitants. Desiring improvement, desiring expansion desiring another sunny day, if you will. And notice that even though storms come through and destruction occurs, 
your planet is always recreated one way or another. Whether humanity comes in and builds back a better version of, or nature, as you label it, comes back and creates a better version of. Always. This is the nature of physical, always, always, always. And the, 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 when you come to realize that your strand of consciousness is indeed eternal, and that your humanness, your ego, serves to overshadow that, to deliver for you a unique physical experience, a unique one-off physical experience. There is no other being having the experience that, that, that each and every one of you are having at this time. You have brought all that you have been, all that you are, into this physical experience. You have matched vibrationally with your point of entry, your parents, your religion, your gender, your race, your nationality, your religion, all of it is a choice that you make from your soul consciousness. And we are here to tell you that the more difficult choices are made by the strands of consciousness that are seeking the greatest degree of expansion. This is why, as a human, you often think in reverse of how the universe operates. You, you, you look at one that is born into poverty, if not genocide, that is born into oppression, and you believe that you're viewing a strand of soul consciousness that is somehow being punished for other experiences or not as advanced because they're not being born into what you call advanced culture. The opposite is true. The ones that are, that are projecting into greater difficulty are seeking greater expansion, understanding from the soul consciousness level that they are going to be born, project into this great difficulty. Their humanness is going to overshadow all of that knowledge so they can come and have this unique human experience having the drive of their, their, their soul consciousness calling them forward. You all have a calling. You all have something that is calling you forward through life. And, and, and you understand innately that it's part of you, but it's very hard to identify for most of you because you've all been told that it's something else, and that is part of your contrasting environment. But you also have an ego that is coming from behind pushing you. And the ego and the, the soul consciousness, when kept in balance, create a beautiful life experience for you. But you have to find your paths to that one way or another. And there is no one set right path for all of you. Most of humanity is not ready to hear this. Most of humanity wants to either be in the victim category of life is just happening and there's nothing that you can do about it. Hope for the best, maybe work hard, hope for good results. Another segment is, is placing all their power in external deity. They are indeed very often claiming their own internal power by, by expressing it externally. There's, there's, there's no judgment around any of this. But this is how your segments of your population operate. But you're all on unique journeys. You're all on unique paths. This is, this is why we are not stating that, that David needs to get out and start handing out pamphlets on street corners, trying to pull everybody into his church of, of stream teachings. Because most are not ready. But those who find their paths to this message, those that, 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 that release the fear and judgment around it and allow it to, to wash over them and discern their preference, whether it's for them or not, will know. And when you know you're in the right place, you know you're in the right place. And if fear creeps in at a later date, pay attention to the fact that you are likely experiencing a lower vibrational downturn that causes fear and judgment to creep in. But if you are in high vibration, if you are clear and you are absorbing something and it resonates, you're in the right place. 
If it does not, you are right to move on from it always. So getting back to my question, why am I not aware of this? Why, why, when I'm first involved in, in learning this stuff, why can't I detect that I am the source energy? Why, why do I feel like this helped us? A very long and complex answer was woven into that. But to summarize, your ego overshadows that knowingness so that you can have your unique human journey. If you project into to humanity knowing all of your other experiences, all of your other existences, fully understanding the law of attraction, fully understanding how you create your own reality, you're going to begin operating from that perspective from day one. You're not going to need parents. You're not going to need teachers. You're not going to need friends. You're going to be very independent. And you're going to begin manifesting things that you want very, very early on and, 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 and overcoming contrast with great ease. That is not why you're here, however. You are here to bump around and get knocked around by life, if you will. And you all learn different lessons from this. Some learn very few lessons from it. Some allow the knocking around of life throughout an entire lifetime. Others find different paths to, 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 to the things that they want. You, you are all on these different journeys, and you're all going to end up wherever you end up. There is no preset path or plan for any of you. The, the only preset or predetermined thing is your point of entry and understanding that you are going to project in, your human ego is going to overshadow your eternal knowledge, though you are going to have some inkling of your eternal nature that is a component of your ego early on that you can allow yourselves to be have more realized as you pass through your life journey. But there's no, nothing wrong if you do not. There's absolutely nothing wrong if you never reach that. You can come and live a dutiful life and live a templated experience, you will not experience perhaps the high levels of joy that you can experience in truly claiming your creative power, but you will reach the end of a lifetime with a unique human experience, return to your completed state upon what you label as death, and look back and understand the gifts that were offered in the experience that you had. But you, if you came into this life with all of this knowledge, you would not have that experience for yourself. That's pretty wild stuff. and. I, I think our uh, newest viewers can see why it is this is such fascinating stuff. The only problem, of course, is that we run out of time because we only have an hour allocated. So thank you, Stream, and I'm going to let you do your disconnect from David while I uh, do a little quick summary with Daniel. And Daniel, we, we run into this every single time that we stream the stream, <laughs> that we bring the stream in. It's like there's more questions that we could possibly Where ask do you go now? in an hour. <laughs> Where do you go now? You can't dip your toe into infinite consciousness. You've got to sort of... <laughs> you kind of dive in, don't you? And, and you wonder if you're going to come to the surface again. <laughs> exactly, 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 exactly. It's very cool stuff. But uh, thank you very much for uh, bringing him to us, David or Daniel, because, I mean, it was just – this is just a, a great introduction for people who are seeing it for the first time. And, and David, you're, you're coming out of it, and we got about 30 seconds left. But I just wanted to say thank you for being here every week, and I know our newest listeners are going to be looking forward to it. Yeah, you must have given them a workout today because I'm in a little bit of a daze here. <laughs> <laughs> that often happens, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I always say my teeth are like tingling and chattery, and I always know that it was a really powerful uh, interaction when I get that. Yeah, well, thank looking, you. We're looking forward to more in the future. So thank you very much. Thank you to people tuning in on the live stream, and especially thank you to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.